1: to Thoughts on Thoughts. This is KJ and I have Jessica and Taylor here too and today we are doing an episode that we've been pretty excited about. It's about how to front load so like when you're pregnant so that postpartum things can go more smoothly in every way but especially mental health wise with moving through that fourth trimester and bonding with your baby and healing and all of the things. So Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about things that each of us have done to front load so that postpartum went a little bit smoother. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so I'll go first for me, front loading my postpartum. I think one of my favorite things to do was to line up my help. So it was kind of like, it, it made me feel better, especially with my very first baby, knowing who was going to be able to come and help me to come and stay with me to come and be with me for baby. Because the idea of just being like, oh, I'll handle it or I'll figure it out was very intimidating, obviously. And I did this through all, I mean, after all five of my deliveries, but what I did was I would figure out who I had access to, which was usually like my mom and my mother-in-law and sometimes my sister. And then I would figure out Logan's paternity leave situation. And so that was really helpful to me to kind of schedule out because I just knew I was going to be overwhelmed. I knew that I was going to be, um, I was going to lack confidence, especially in the beginning. And it was just nice having somebody else there to be like, she's doing this. Is that okay? You know? And especially in the beginning, my mom being like, yeah, that's totally fine." Like no worries kind of thing. And to help me do things for the first time, like bathing the baby and doing all that other stuff, doctor's appointments. So what I did for every single one of mine was I would talk to my people figure out timetables, schedule approximate times when people could come. And then when I stepped back from it, I was like, okay, from when I have baby, I have three whole weeks of people being here to help me. And I know that by the end of three weeks, I will somewhat be on my feet and I will be ready-ish to do this on my own. So that was like a big front-loading piece for me was just not being alone, knowing when. And sometimes there were like windows in there. It was like, okay, my mom's going to leave and my mother-in-law can't come for another five days after that. Okay. I can frame that in my mind of like five days. It's just me, but I can get through that and, you know, kind of figure it out. However, it worked out with each kid.
2: Oh yeah, it's so nice to like understand and be able to mentally prepare for what's coming. Like, okay, yeah, I can get through those three days because then my mother-in-law will be here. Okay, cool. I can do this, you know? beautiful beautiful I love it okay so my biggest thing with that was very different between my first and my second and third you know because they were twins so it was like my second postpartum was I the first one I kind of was like in denial about having a child I mean I not in denial but like disbelief is the word right I didn't really believe there would be a real child coming home (laughs) my home Luckily, we lived in a tiny apartment, like two bedrooms, like everything was so tiny. So there was not like a ton of junk, but there also was a ton of junk because we didn't even like have a room for her (laughs) when she was born, you know. And so I regretted that a lot. Like there was a lot of just like little upkeep that I had to do once I brought her home that I really regretted. So before I brought my twins home, we purged the house massively like I got rid of so much extra stuff so that when they came home I would never have to deal with that extra stuff like that corner where all of your mail piles up like I made sure there was no mail in the corner before I left you know and what is weird is that with the twins I did this so early and then it was completely irrelevant because I was gone for two and a half months (laughs) and my husband was in charge of the home and he was like white knuckling taking care of my daughter and working full-time and so it did not last so then I had to again purge when I came (laughs) home from the hospital while they were in the NICU but like I made that a priority like I need to have this house under control have their not their room ready like they were in our room for ever you know and so I but I had everything prepared much earlier than I did with my first where I was just like, okay, I am ready for these girls to come and I'm not going to be doing extra tasks or like walking past this room and being like, oh yeah, I, for- I need to do that. I need to, you know what I mean? Or like walking into the laundry room and being like, oh, I'm just going to shut the door and ignore it because this is like too overwhelming. I made sure that all of those kind of back of the mind stressors were taken care of as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And I also had the luxury of laying in a hospital bed for two and a half months, which was such a luxury. You guys should all try it. <laughs> and while I was there, hating everyone out of my life—not literally, but like in a philosophical way—yes, like I was. Yeah. You know, um, I I just checked off so many of those back of the mind stressors that I could like things where it's like, oh yeah, I need to do this email. I need to do this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I need to re-register for, for the. To-
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All of that stuff. I tried to get as many of those things off of my plate as possible so that when the babies were there, I could pay attention to the babies and not pay attention to like this list of 50 things that I've kind of been ignoring for a long time. I made sure to actually get them done and cross them off so that I didn't have to deal with it. You know,
0: Hmm.
2: I recommend that truly (laughs) minimize your mental headspace and your physical head in your physical space you know
1: yeah I think my front loading this time around looked a lot like managing expectations within myself and then expressing that to my spouse because I think like first time around you know huge learning curve but I think I was just kind of like oh I'm gonna function exactly the same as I used to, there will just be this fun baby that comes along with all my meal planning. If only and cooking that was true. And I, know. I wish, I
2: mm-hmm. you wish. Know.
1: Yeah. And so like the dark days of postpartum the first time around were accompanied by like self-loathing and disappointing myself and feeling like mm-hmm. I wasn't enough and doing enough. And so... And your recovery also with your first, I mean, that's another thing that I feel like as first time moms, we don't take into consideration is that we have all these ideas, but that your body is going at its own rate in terms of recovery. Totally. And so this time around, it was kind of like months of just mental preparation of like what my responsibility is in that fourth trimester is uh, healing and feeding my child like and bonding with that baby right so it's just really focused on me healing myself physically and then helping that baby to survive all of the other things as far as like meals cleaning job all of that is you know if I have the energy to do it great but it's not an expectation and what that involved was like Taylor talked about, like reaching out to my support system, making sure all of that was in place. Um, conversations with my husband of like, look, this is back of the mind stress for me. Like, these are the things I'm always thinking about that you don't have to think about because I'm thinking about them. So, like, is there toilet paper in the house? Is there. You know, is this birthday taken care of or, you know, whatever is going on. I mean, he has back of the mind stress stuff, too, that I don't think about, like oil changes and lots of things with the cars and all of that. But it was kind of like this metaphorical, like handing over the back of the mind stress for a few months to just offload. But
2: remember... To not just do it metaphorically. I just want to Mm -hmm. make that point. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of women are like, I thought I gave you that responsibility. (laughs) To do what KJ's doing and actually talk about it. Do it, yeah.
1: Yeah. Actually have the words leave your mouth and hit their ears totally. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of mine. It was just having lower expectations of myself in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And then just communicating that to my my people. Mm -hmm.
0: Something else I was just thinking about is like, I don't know how to say this, like doing things for, you know, where I was like, do things for yourself as a mom, put yourself first. And you're like, theoretically, yeah, like I should definitely do this all the time. Take care of me, me, me. But then you're like at home and you're in that like, Brand new mom, even if it's not your first baby, but like just had a baby mom thing. You're like, baby comes first, baby, 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 feed, baby, sleep, baby, dress, baby, calm, baby, baby wants me. I'm here for baby, you know. But I think that it's really important before baby comes to put in place a couple of things that you feel like will feed your soul because, like, if you don't, your soul gets black and empty, you know, Mm -hmm. even though you have a gorgeous, Gorgeous baby straight from the other side in your arms. It's like yeah. if you're not like feeding yourself internally, you will hollow out. And that yeah. was just like you'll my feel experience. empty
2: inside for yes. sure. Yes. So
0: I would typically and this kind of worked out timing wise for me about a month after baby, I made a hair appointment. Because I'm always like, okay, Taylor's body is doing all sorts of crazy things. It's a weird size, which is totally fine, natural, and normal. Although it still doesn't make me feel awesome. So there were like things that I wanted to do that would make me – and this is just something that I like. It would make me feel more like me, right? And so that was getting my hair done. Whether it was just time for a trim or to get it colored, it was nice because I was like – here we go. (laughs) Let's, let's do this right now. And then I would come home and be like, I did that for me. I spent like, and at times I was like taking a break. And that was like back in the day when I had a girl coming to my house and I would like take breaks and nurse my baby and then hand baby off and finish getting my hair done. But it was good for me. And it was something that I always liked to do because it was like, I might feel weird and crazy and not like myself, but I got this hair and it looks good right now. So I'm going to live in that moment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Another huge thing if we're talking
2: about like taking time for yourself, a a beautiful thing about having a baby in our country, it's much more beautiful in other countries where they pay for it and yeah. then you get a year off of work. But mm-hmm. in our country, at least you meet your deductible. That's the <laughs> ideal, right. So yeah. like you maybe if you're especially if you're me, you meet that out of pocket max sometimes before you even hit the hospital because you did IVF. So Truly, like, the best advice that I can give to someone who is having first, seventh baby is say, my insurance is taken care of for the year, so I'm going to set up a few appointments for myself. (laughs) And those two things are physical therapy and mental health therapy. Mm -hmm. Both of those things should be before you have your baby, you should set that up for, like, Six weeks after you have your child, you could do Mm -hmm. therapy before that, but like physical therapy, six weeks after you have your child, you start going, you make sure that your body is where it needs to be. Notice if you have that diastasis recti, recti, right? Mm -hmm. Notice if you have a prolapse, if you have a weak pelvic pelvic floor. floor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All of this stuff, you know, like if you have a C-section scar, I went to physical therapy and they worked out my c-section scar for me you know Mm -hmm. like all these things like having someone else take care of you and then do therapy find someone who is on your insurance and go to therapy regularly schedule it immediately because I promise as soon as that baby gets there you are going to be overwhelmed and be like I couldn't possibly even take one hour to go to therapy that's such a waste of time Mm -hmm. so you have to set it up beforehand it will be worth it because I promise I promise that no matter what number of child you are having, you will have something to talk about in therapy after having (laughs) a child. You'll have something to say and probably a lot of some things to say, honestly. And so if you can just go to therapy for a few months, you're going to really be able to process through a ton of that intense shift Mm -hmm. from being someone who had zero babies to one from one to three, maybe if you're me, you know, like, It's these are big life changes and we just downplay them so much. And Mm -hmm. so I think we're starting to like recognize like, yeah, we need to take care of our physical body, but we still aren't taking care of our mental health in that we're not staying on top of it. Like I was so darkly depressed when I had my twins like so bad every night I was sobbing. But that was just like what I had to do because I had high intensity twins that had to be held 24 hours and couldn't be held by anyone but me and my husband. So like what other choice did I have, you know? Mm -hmm. But I look back at that time and I'm like, I needed to figure out something else. And the only way I could have is if I had had it set up beforehand, if Mm -hmm.
0: that made sense. And And so that's what I
2: regret the most.
0: Yeah. And look into virtual therapy. I know that for a lot of moms, there's a lot of anxiety about leaving your newborn Mm -hmm. at home with somebody else like virtual therapy. I mean, I have a virtual private practice and I cannot even tell you how many times there's like somebody finishes their session with a toddler on their lap that couldn't go to sleep that night or somebody's nursing a baby or somebody's soothing a baby or whatever you need to do. And I hope that eventually you will carve out, you'll be able to, you know, carve out a time where nobody has to touch you for an hour. But if you don't, it's better than nothing, you know, just like Mm -hmm. sitting in your bed and processing through the barrage of emotions and expectations and resentments that you're currently feeling about your life and all that stuff is Mm -hmm. very, very normal. So,
2: yes, absolutely. I just am like, just take advantage Mm -hmm. of the physical therapy and the mental health therapy insurance yeah. will pay for
0: it. Just do it while that it's free. That physical therapy changed my life. I'm not even kidding. Oh, it's so wonderful. My I favorite part was when too. they would give me a massage at the end. And I'd be oh I literally God. would get there and I'd be like, "I'll do all these annoying exercises just for the massage and the ice pack yeah. afterwards." Literally. And they're like, "All right." Like.
2: <laughs> yeah. She'd be like, "Do you want do you want some heat at the end?" And I'm like, "Yes, please. Give me all that heat." The yeah. only time I will be meditating in the next <laughs> week. For sure. I will lay here with the heat on my back and just meditate and feel yeah. calm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, not touched. And what. it's just beautiful to just take a minute and yeah. take care of yourself. And then it really helps you because for me, you don't know what is normal and what isn't post having mm-hmm. a baby. And so it's yeah. so nice to go in and have someone help guide you on that process and be like, mm-hmm here's where you need to go. Like, it was so nice for me to go in. And she, she was like, oh no, your abs are coming back together just fine. And I was like, oh, I have oh, no idea. <laughs> so you. are like, you. I forgot
0: that I had those.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, so this is, I'm, I'm within the realm of normal and they're going to come back together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was yeah. just little things like that where I'm like, you're okay. reassuring. Yeah. It was so nice, you know? So completely recommend that. The next thing I recommend after like six weeks, it seems like you kind of have this adrenaline of like, you're making it, people are there to help you, you know, whatever. And then it seems like at six weeks, your mental health will take a sharp decline because you're usually on your own at that point. Mm -hmm. And you've either been on your own for a little while or you're like fully on your own, you know, and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is shocking. So I really recommend doing like a shakeup at six weeks and recognizing like what. Activities are very difficult for me because what you have to remember is that as the person who bore the child, you will have the hormonal problems that come with that and your husband will not. So (laughs) as much as people are like, well, I let my husband sleep because he has to work in the day. I'm like, that is ridiculous because also you are working (laughs) because you're taking care of a child all day and hormonally your body needs rest, but it can't get it. And it will turn into depression if you don't get it, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's little things like that where if at six weeks you're like, whoa, I am not doing well. It's a great time to shake things up and say, okay, I think it would be great if you started giving the baby a bottle at two. Because they're starting to like, you know when they're going to wake up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I feel like I can give this to you. And then mentally I know that I can sleep from nine until four wonderful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like a whole new person or I can sleep from like 12 to 6. Wonderful. You know, like honestly, that is beautiful when you're in that phase of life. Little things like that. Or for me, I realized that I could no longer bathe my children. I hated it so much. It was making me depressed to just think because there's two of them and (laughs) I can't describe how annoying it is to be like, all right, bring the next one in, you know, or spend two days of your week, possibly like four days of your week if you're bathing. It just was so much. So I told, I was like, you have to take on all of this. You are now the bathing person. And so like something like that, where you're like, okay, what is it that I need to offload that's causing me a lot of stress that maybe is a new task that I didn't have before or something that has shifted so that it is too hard, whether that's like okay, well, I can get the babies down, but I can't do the dishes after, or like, I can't put the babies down. That's too hard for me, but I can do the dishes, you know, and like talking to your partner and re offloading, like KJ says, you offload before you have the baby, like, here's the stuff I need you to have. But I recommend a reassessment at like six weeks when things kind of start to, Mm -hmm. you know, what life is kind of going to be like, and you kind of know what your really hard trigger points are at that point. And so I recommend Mm -hmm. taking care of them, I guess, is what I recommend. Not continuing to ignore them for the next Mm -hmm.
0: six months to 18 years. Yeah. I think also um, another time where we can kind of front load our coping is in terms of our partnerships, you know? So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like our partnerships take, I don't I always think about my husband and I, whenever we were thinking about having another baby, we asked ourselves two questions. And the first question was, can we emotionally support this child, another child? And the second question was, can our marriage take it? And now the answer is no. So that's why we're done having kids. But it's like, for a while, it was like, can our marriage survive having another child? And that's just, you know, evidence to say that it's very, very difficult on a relationship, naturally difficult on a relationship. So something that you can do, and I'm always like the big proponent for (laughs) check-ins, like historically, but it's like practice checking in with your partner before baby comes. What that looks like is, hey, you know, I woke up today. I had to go to doctor's appointment. I felt really nervous during this ultrasound. I started feeling nasty and anxious. Husband says, oh yeah, like I went to work and I was thinking, I was feeling nervous about how this was going to be different once the baby comes, you know, all these things. Keep checking in with each other. And I can tell you those check-ins, especially right after baby for me and Logan, looked a whole lot me. Like me sobbing, you know, and I'm in therapy too, talking to my therapist stuff, but I'm still trying to stay connected with him. So I'm just sobbing about something that I'm terrified is going to happen with the baby. And Logan is just there and he's just listening. You know, he's not saying, you don't need to worry about that. Stop worrying. He's just saying, yeah, that sounds scary. Yeah. That sounds terrifying. I would be very scared of that too, you know. Like, what can we do? What can I do for you? What do you need? You know, and the only reason why he was able to kind of um receive me when in all of my hormones and all of my things that were going on is because he had practice checking in prior to baby coming. So it's like yeah. invest in that partnership and that open flow of communication so that you can keep doing that after baby because it's like that partnership and coming together because you two are usually the only ones that can look at each other and be like, dude, this is crazy. You know, everybody else comes and then they go home. You know, they leave your life, but you're in your life together. So if you can stay connected just through emotional communication, emotional talk through all the crazy stages of baby and getting bigger and transitions, it can ease The transition.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You're like taking your marriage and your parenting from like a 100 level to a 500 level. And then every child, it's like another 500 level. Oh my gosh, it's so insane. And so it's like the more you can front load and prepare for it and Mm -hmm. realize this is not a... it is a normal thing that I'm going through. It is not an mm-hmm. easy thing that I'm going through and remind yourself and tell yourself about that all the time, because just because you're capable of doing it doesn't mean that things aren't going to have to shift and that there's not going to be a lot of times that you have to admit this is more than I can handle and I need mm-hmm. to do something about it, you know, mm-hmm. because it is hard, mm-hmm. It's hard times, mm-hmm. It's hard
0: times, truly. Yeah, it's hard and incredible all at the same oh, it's time. So fun, right? Oh. Like, oh
2: man, I just what a combination! I still, like, just love those little babies of mine. I know because it's just like, oh, I just remember when you were babies. But also, my sister just had a baby, guys, and I will tell you, in that hospital, I was like looking at his little ankle mm-hmm. monitor, you know, and I was like, oh, the twins didn't have this because they were in the NICU, you know. And my sister was like, yeah, so that you don't steal him. And I was like, I would never walk out of (laughs) this hospital room with a newborn baby. Never. I will tell you, I would never. I will not steal a single baby on this floor. (laughs) Even if you were like, here, just have it. I'd be like, no, thank you. No, no, thanks. Yeah. I have no desire to go back to that. So truly like that. Yeah. That shows how I, with my first, I was like, the newborn stage is amazing with, Well, I mean, twins, I think any twin would be like, it was not a good time. It's not a good time. But truly now I feel like, okay, the next time, if there is a next time, you know, I really would be like, okay, I'm very much front loading. I'm aware of what my needs are. Every Mm -hmm. time you get a little bit better, but the more you can try and anticipate it and do something to set it up beforehand, Mm -hmm. set it up, make it Mm -hmm. a routine, make it a structure. A regular habit because as soon as that baby arrives, most things go out the window, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because everything is just about them as it should be because they are so important. But it's just hard because if it's like, oh, they're so important and I take a month, six weeks, just completely forgetting about myself and then I get back to it. Wonderful. But a lot of moms are like 10 years into it and they're like, oh, I probably should take back some of myself, you know. Mm And so you have to be careful about that in the best ways just to be prepared for it to happen you know
1: mm-hmm. yes. well thanks for tuning in today hopefully something in here was helpful for you if you're expecting or anticipating that that will happen in the future we will be taking a little bit of a break off for the holidays with releasing episodes so we will see you again in 2023 <gasps> oh happy new year Happy New,
2: Year. Happy New Year. See ya. Bye.
0: Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com. And if you search ThoughtsPod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Bryage from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.